Hello and welcome to Longevity Now. I'm Justin Lowe, and you know our tagline, of course. It's the place to get all your news and views about life extension from around the world. The most common topic of this broadcast is current research, whether sponsored by Longevity or occurring in other leading labs around the world. We also touch upon health, diet, and supplement topics from time to time. During these conversations, I often ask the leading lights of life extension research how we as a community can help out, how we can accelerate rejuvenation therapies. The answer usually boils down to getting the word out, so more funding will start flowing to top labs. Now, even though the life extension community is quite passionate, we don't always communicate effectively. Otherwise, the whole world would be on board with the effort already, right? Well, in an effort to improve our outreach efforts, this week I am interviewing a PhD student in technical communication and rhetoric from the University of Texas Tech, Mr. Michael Trice. He has been involved in many aspects of modern social networking and internet media, and provides us with some advice for being more effective in our outreach efforts. And now I would like to welcome to the program Michael Trice. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Justin? Oh, everything's going well today. And to start out, I'm not sure if I should exactly call you an expert in media or technical communications, but you do have some experience in these areas. For the benefit of our audience, could you please explain some of your personal history or expertise in、uh, recent studies? Sure, absolutely. I started out as, as a lot of people who study technical communication these days. I actually started out studying literature. I was going to be a、um, game designer, and not video games, but pen and paper. I spent、uh, my undergrad years、uh, getting a little extra money from writing for Dragon Magazine and some of these other places. But I ended up at Apple Computer while I was get, putting myself through undergrad and designing databases, small databases, departmental level databases. For them,、uh, while working in on with the risk management team, and so I stumbled into technical communication, which is basically this user-centric view of how do we use texts in order to in order to work, in order、okay. to do work. And right now, I've I've completed about a year and a half ago a Fulbright to England, where we were using social media. Wiki specifically, in order to record oral traditions and some of these communities that were going through rejuvenation efforts. So they were relatively poor communities, and they had were looking to be able to record some of their local knowledge. One of the things that we discovered was that something like、uh, Wikipedia is really big, and it does an excellent job of sort of recording our global knowledge. But there's a tendency, especially within more impoverished areas, to sort of overlook local valued knowledge. And so, what we were looking at doing was was being able to find a place like you would have with your local libraries or your public records department, where there is a place to sort of privilege that local information. And that's what we were looking at doing. And a lot of my research right now is around how we can make that better,、uh, specifically how. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you're uh, currently uh, studying、uh, at Texas Tech University, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. I'm finishing my doctorate. I'm, I'll be I'll be working on dissertation and analysis work. Starting this summer, so you know we'll be finishing that doctoral work pretty and, soon. And you, were, and, and you were saying that's similar、uh, to what you were doing in England as well, right? Absolutely, yes.、Okay. I'm, I, there's a company, well, not a company. It's an organization. It's a nonprofit organization here in the United States called LocalWiki.org, and they started in Davis, California. But they've recently created new instances of of their wiki platform, which does essentially what we were trying to do in Noel West. 
uh, and they have one in, in Denton, Texas now, which is just north of Dallas, one in Australia, and one in San Francisco, and they're expanding to a couple of other places. They're, I think they're developing one for the Triangle in North Carolina okay. at this point in time. So the idea is that they will have these sort of local wikis available where people can, can put their privileged local information and not have to com compete against the global information in order to store what's important to the community. Oh, well, that's very interesting. Well, you know, most of the people listening today might know you well through your relationship with Shannon Viff, of course, longevity director. You've been living with her for a few years, and you have no doubt been exposed to a radical life extension and cryonics. Uh, what's your impression of how these topics are portrayed in the general public or out there on the Internet? Well, I think that it's a, it's a great example of the competition that occurs between a, a smaller community and the global community. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but there's a Manuel Castells is a really big social scientist in this area. And he talks a lot about networks, and he has this idea of what he calls a, um, a, a switcher, which is someone who translates information from one network to another network, or makes it accessible. Translates is probably a little too simplistic. Makes it, makes it accessible. And I think that, that what happens is that when a smaller community like, like the life extension like Radical Life Extension, has issues sometimes in being able to move its full knowledge base sort of into the larger community um, because there's so much activity at the local level and not necessarily physically local, but, but local to these communities that it can be very difficult to, to catch a larger network up to speed because it's very difficult to sort of disperse that, that vast amount of information. So what you see is you see, you see a lot of soft coverage of Radical Life Extension. You see soft coverage. BBC probably does it the best. Uh, you occasionally see it elsewhere, but because, because it's very difficult to catch up with all of the activity that's going on in these smaller communities, in the larger community, it, it's, it's definitely soft coverage at this point. Okay. In that theme as well, I'd like to, in this next question, ask then how maybe the life extension community can be more effective. You know, in talking with various researchers and advocates for unlimited lifespans, I have often asked, you know, what can longevity do to speed up research and development of you know, rejuvenation therapies? And since longevity doesn't have its own lab, they often say, well, just keep raising more funds and keep persuading more people. And the persuasion part, of course, is easier said than done. Uh, do you have any tips or strategies for advocates to be more effective? You have to be able to find ways to have conversations with other groups, whether it's, whether it's other smaller groups, that there's some sort of joint, uh, another joint topic, not necessarily specifically radical life extension, but another shared topic that conversations can, can start occurring on where that conversation leads to both sides being informed about what's important to the other group. And, and, and you start doing that with larger and larger communities. And I think, and, and that's really the key point there, is to be able to have these conversations and not just about radical life extension, but elements that are important to radical life extension uh -huh. and, and being able to maintain those conversations over an extended period of time so that the conversation grows and spreads throughout the network. Okay, so making solid connections and also being able to transmit information from the group effectively would be kind of the key is what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. I, I would say that, that, yes, being able to identify people that, that you want to have the, these conversations with and these groups you want to have these conversations with. And I think that what you will see is that 
in big media, and, and CNN is a good example of this, mm-hmm. they are increasingly forming smaller communities within the larger structure, particularly online, in order to be able to have specialized networks that reach out to different places. And, and what you want to do is you want to be able to have conversations with these other groups and then sort of be able to find ways to have conversations into these specialized subsections within big media. And that will be able to in, increase a lot of the coverage. And there are concerns there because sometimes you feel like you're still being played on the fringe by getting within these specialized networks. Sure. But to a large degree, that's simply how online communication works because there's the long tail economics of the web basically means that there are a lot of big sites that receive a huge amount of hits, but actually the vast majority of visits in the web are everyone else. Mm. So having lots of conversations on those smaller sites dramatically increases your exposure. Okay. Which brings up the next topic. What about social media? Uh, What is the key to generating sticky content or getting a viral spread of ideas? That is, that is a great question. Great question. And kind of I think broad, anyone, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think if anyone knew the secret to social media, um, they would be making an extraordinary amount of money. But social media, it's about relationships, no matter what the platform is. However, the platforms vary a lot. So what works on Facebook is not going to be necessarily what works on Twitter. Mm. So there are two things you have to keep in mind. One is that you want to make certain that you know what you're attempting to do in having conversations on all of those spaces, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, or there, there are other examples. Yeah, I'm trying to think many, that's something that would, be, it would be specific to, to what you would be doing. But Facebook and Twitter kind of get a lot of the talk. Twitter is a, is a great example of sort of this conversational space. It's very much about having these one-on-one conversations with people, replying to them, showing interest, what they're interested in by sort of retweeting some of their key thoughts. So it's a very personal space in some ways. I mean, obviously, there's lots and lots of people doing this, but there's a, there's a very sort of dialogue aspect to Twitter, whereas Facebook is, is really about people sharing a common interest with their friends, from whether it's a, a fan page or, or their most recent comment. It's really about strengthening that social network among people that you you know, for the most part, relatively well. Not everyone does this. Shannon has thousands, thousands of friends. I, I'm really amazed at how, how, she, how she manages she her Facebook page. It, it's, it's another <laughs> scale entirely. But the idea is, is just being aware of the space. Okay, and being so understand the, understand the network and make sure when you set out to make an impression that you're using the network properly. Absolutely. And it it comes from understanding why people are using the network. I mean, you want to be able to understand Facebook and Twitter, but really what it's about is understanding your audience. So it's really about understanding why people are on Facebook, why people are on Twitter, and encouraging them to look at your content by appealing to how they want to use those platforms. All right. Well, speaking of websites, uh, you uh, co-founded the website Partisans.org. What have you learned about maintaining a captive audience from that particular experience? It's something else entirely. I mean, it's not just finding ways to keep an audience. You have to be able to give them something to do on a site these days. So the interactive element is really key. I mean, we've moved a long way from the days in which a site could be interesting and HTML. I mean, PHP, MySQL, database-driven websites are really where all of the of the key attention is now. And it's not just because content management sites are really easy to put up, which are basically 
um, these sites where you install all the software, like a WordPress or a Drupal or something, and, and then put everything together. It's because those types of sites allow people to do things, and you really have to have a place that allows people to do things. And one of the things that we've been very proud of at Partisans is being able to, to, to implement interactive features for our readers, but also being able to provide a great deal of content. We have been a daily publisher okay. of new columns for over a year now. I see. I think it's definitely a two-part thing. You want, you want to be able to provide regular content to keep people coming back, and you want to be able to give them a little bit of something to do with that content sure. so that they feel that their voice is heard. All right, and also uh, you help write for the South by Southwest website, and I here organize the conference. That's where Twitter, of course, had its coming out party, it seems, a few years ago. Uh, do you know of any other cutting-edge communication platforms that might be in the near future that the South by Southwest crowd might uh, bring onto the scene? Well, let me preface this by saying that this is in, in no way an official endorsement okay. by South by Southwest. I, okay. I, I do do some work for South by Southwest. So I do write for South by Southwest, but I'll talk about some of the things that I find exciting okay. that's coming up in the conference. All right. One thing that's happening, the arcade is changing, so the Screenburn Arcade is going to be much larger this year. They've moved to a new location that gives them a lot more space, and that's a, a free and open part of the conference. That's a part where you don't have to pay in order to go to the conference. So it's really going to be really exciting to see a sort of larger, energetic um, arcade this year. Yeah. There's one site, well, of course, Partisans will be at South by Southwest, so if you're going to be there, come by our panel and check that out. Another political social network that is having some exposure at South by Southwest is Ruckus, R-U-C-K dot U-S. And it is intended to be a social network for people to find individuals of similar political ideas, not necessarily ideology, but if you like shared topics or, or have common ideas on topics, then it will put you in contact with individuals. And it's more of a tool, it seems, for, for helping people organize locally. So if you want to get a movement around a particular issue, then you would okay. be able to find people local to your area or on the national level in order to do that. It looks really interesting. Uh, Tom Doshel's son is involved in the okay. project. It looks like it has a lot of potential there. Um, that's, that's, on the social networking front, that was one of the more interesting aspects I've seen. There's a lot going on in regards to the use of game design for general life improvement. Oh, uh, like as gamification? Well as like gamification yeah. of different uh, aspects of life and business and things like that? A a absolutely. I, some of them would get upset at the use of the word gamification. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yes. but yes, there's a lot of that. Uh, Jane McGonigal will be there. She's talking about her new project, Super Better, which is a gaming system designed to sort of help people through health issues. Uh, she had a concussion when she was writing her book a couple of years ago. And so she sort of designed this gaming-type system um, as a game designer herself to help her through the concussion. And they've been testing this at medical centers at Ohio State and Stanford and Berkeley and all over the place, working with doctors in order sort of to refine the process. And I, I think that that will probably... It's been beta testing for a while, and I think that we should probably be seeing that go public pretty soon. Oh, great. Now, is there anything else as we uh, wrap up this interview that you'd like to promote? Uh, anywhere people can perhaps follow you to keep up on developing trends in technical communication? Well, I, I'm, always, I'm always happy to talk to people on Twitter. I think it's a great medium for that. And that's uh, Mike R. Trice, T-R-I-C-E, on Twitter. 
So it's M-I-K-E, and I'm trying not to sing the Mickey Mouse song while I say this, M-I-K-E-R-T-R-I-C-E. Um, and, and that's on Twitter. Um, and of course, I, I'm on Facebook as well. I, okay. I'm not quite as aggressive as, as, as Shannon is about that, but I, I'm certainly happy. Um, LinkedIn is a great place um, as a professional network. That's a network I should have mentioned a little bit more. I love LinkedIn as a professional network. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Michael, uh, thank you very much for sharing your knowledge for the Longevity Now podcast. Have a great day. Thank you. Appreciate it, Justin. And a big thanks to Michael Trice. Providing a reminder that effective outreach means staying connected with people and groups that matter. Social media is best when tailored to the platform. And that seamless transmission of specialized community knowledge helps the outside world understand where we're coming from. So the next time you are promoting life extension in real or virtual space, be sure to keep these tips in mind. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.